0: In preparation for this afternoon's sermon, which will be God's Word as summarized in Lord's Day 21, we will turn to two passages in the New Testament, first from the Gospel according to John, John chapter 10, and then to the letter to the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus. So John chapter 10 first. And you can find it on page 1,235 of your pew Bibles. And here we read together. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, The same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Thus far the reading of the word, words from John. Let's turn now to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll read together verses 1 through 14. And you can find this passage on page 1,342 of the Pew Bible. And here we read together, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to to himself, According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who First trusted in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession The praise of his glory. Let us also now turn to our confession, the Heidelberg Catechism. God's word is summarized in Lord's Day 21. This afternoon, we'll be looking at question answer 54, 55, and 56. All three questions and answers. Lord's Day 21. And we'll begin with the first question. What do you believe concerning the Holy Catholic Christian Church? We confess... I believe that the Son of God, out of the whole human race, from the beginning of the world to its end, gathers, defends, and preserves for Himself, by His Spirit and Word, in the unity of the true faith, a church chosen to everlasting life. And I believe that I am and forever shall remain a living member of it. What do you understand by the communion of saints? We confess first, that believers, all and everyone, as members of Christ, have communion with him and share in all his treasures and gifts. Second, that everyone is duty bound to use his gifts readily and cheerfully for the benefit and well being of the other members. What do you believe concerning the forgiveness of sins? We confess, I believe that God, because of Christ's satisfaction, will no more remember my sins, nor my sinful nature, against which I have to struggle all my life, but will graciously grant me the righteousness of Christ, that I may never come into condemnation. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This may be an obvious statement for an afternoon service, but today is Sunday. And on Sundays, we have the privilege and the opportunity to come and gather here together in church. Each of us individually, individually, has entered through the doors of this building and found a place to sit for worship. But why? There are, after all, many religions and clubs that meet together, groups of people gathering together for various reasons and interests. What sets our church apart from the world What makes our community different? Many would suggest that there is no difference between the church and any other social gathering. They would argue that those of us who have come to gather here this afternoon do so out of a need for community, a most basic and primal human need. The church is thought to be, in effect, A place that serves our needs. Raising the question, what can I get out of church? And this is a a grievous lack of understanding of Christ's flock. The scriptures reveal the truth regarding the church. The Bible tells of of the incredible love Jesus has for his sheep. The church and what he has done for her that she will be securely in his hand forever and this gospel message will be proclaimed this afternoon under this theme and points our theme this afternoon the church is a community chosen by God for everlasting life with with him and we'll look at three points first Claimed for eternal life. Second, united for eternal life. And third, sealed for eternal life. Our first point, claimed for eternal life. Beloved, our our triune God is sovereign. And in His sovereignty, He has chosen who are His sheep. And Scripture tells us that God chose His sheep before the foundations of the world. The Holy Spirit teaches us in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 that in love God predestined some for adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. And those chosen are forever destined to enter into a covenant relationship with Him set apart from the world as his holy flock. Through Jesus Christ, the the sheep have been claimed. We can say that they have been ear-tagged. The Son of God, who sits enthroned in heaven, carries out this divine plan of election over time. It is he who gives the sheep eternal life whoever believes in him will never perish and will forever remain in his hand and how does the good shepherd the son of god claim his sheep for everlasting life we confess in lord's day 21 that he does so by his spirit and by his word Jesus Christ gathers, defends, and preserves for himself his sheep by his spirit and word. The good shepherd gathers in his sheep. He gathers them in, calling them by name. He calls them, and they hear his voice, and they come to him. They know his voice because they belong to him, And where does his voice lead his sheep? His voice leads his sheep into the sheepfold, into the church. Jesus actively calls out to his sheep, calling them to come to him. And this is why our shepherd says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus not only calls out to his sheep, but he also brings them in to this one true universal church. All come together before him as one flock. They are eager. They are eager to be in his presence and protection. Beloved Church, here we are, gathered here this afternoon. Rams, ewes, and little lambs. Called, brought, and gathered together as his flock. Some of us have been listening to his voice for many years. And some of us may be listening for the very first time. Our Lord Jesus called each one of us here by name, personally. You may have thought that you came to church this afternoon because you made that decision. But this is not the case. We, on our own, would not make such a decision. If it were up to us, we would still be scattered about, wandering around aimlessly. We enter the door of the sheepfold only by Him. He calls us, He brings us, and we enter by Him. We may not know all the, all the finer details of how God has brought us here, but here we are in the sheepfold. Even if we came for our own selfish reasons, the shepherd still brought us here. It is all him, and there is no room for our pride. Without the voice of Jesus calling the sheep, calling his sheep, there would be no flock. The church would not exist without Jesus actively working by his spirit and word in the heart's. Of his sheep. And this is all according to God's divine will. This is why we arrived here this afternoon. We are not choosing God, but God is choosing us. And to him belongs all the praise for this glorious grace which he has blessed us in Jesus Christ, his Son. What love the Good Shepherd has shown that He has directed us here in His presence with purpose. And what purpose is that? For the purpose of granting and preserving for us eternal life. Everlasting life. The church, us as a flock, have been set apart Chosen by God for a, a glorious inheritance. Christ's Spirit is given to each one of us. By His Spirit, He has drawn us to sit under the preaching of His Word. It is here where our faith grows and, and flourishes as we feast in the pasture of the Good Shepherd. As Romans chapter 10, verse 17 reads, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. True faith in Christ comes from the Holy Spirit working in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel. And God uses messengers of the word to save his chosen people for everlasting life. And this is why, for example, he sent Jonah. He sent Jonah to the great Assyrian city of Nineveh. It was God's divine choice to save the people of Nineveh. He directed Jonah to call the people to repentance. And by God's grace, they would repent of their evil ways. And God remains active. Brothers and sisters... We confess that through Christ's active ministry, we belong to Him, ear-tagged for everlasting life. God's covenant relationship is initiated in Him, and He mercifully gathers us to Himself. And now that we've been gathered together, we notice That the fruit of God's divine work is the forming of a community. And in our second point, we will notice how communion with Christ leads to communion with one another. Our second point then, united for eternal life. God holds his sheep in his hand and as living members of the sheepfold we are destined for everlasting life we may be sitting here as individuals but when we look around there are many others who are with us here this afternoon there are some we know well and there are some we don't know as well. There are some that are older and some that are younger. Some are doing well while others are not doing so well. There are those who are born and raised in Canada while some may have come from overseas. Such a diverse group and here we are today all sitting under or sitting together in this church building in Owen Sound. Isn't it incredible how God has brought us all here together this Sunday afternoon? But who else is in God's hand? We confess that the Son of God gathers, defends, and preserves for himself a church from the beginning of the world to its end. This means... Next to us in God's hand is also Adam and Eve, Father Abraham, Rahab, Ruth, King David, the people of Nineveh, the Apostle Paul, and many others. All the saints that have gone before us are with us in his hand. Plus more being added from around the world possibly even as we speak. All of us are are gathered by God for His purpose. Everlasting life with Him. All undeserving men and women whom God, our Almighty Creator, chose out of the whole human race to display His love and mercy. The Son of God has claimed each one of us. And He has done so, as we mentioned earlier, by His Spirit and Word. And it is also by this means that He unites us all together. There is one flock, one shepherd. There is also one eternal Spirit and one faith. This means there is one covenant, one baptism, And one God and Father of all, as mentioned in Ephesians chapter 4. The same Spirit dwells in each of us, and we are united by one faith in Jesus Christ. And through the work of the Spirit, a triangle forms. Jesus Christ, ourselves, and others as well. And there is communion occurring between the three. Sometimes we, we get a taste of the fellowship that takes place between us and, the Lord and and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like when we experience, whether physically or, or visually, whether it, when we experience communion with Him at His holy table, the Lord's Supper table, a spiritual blessing that is enjoyed together. And with the eating of the bread and the drinking of the cup, he reminds us of his, of his death on the cross. And through his spirit, this, this sacrament, it, it strengthens our faith. And with a, a faith strengthened by Christ's active spirit, we are encouraged. We are encouraged to have active fellowship among the sheep. And this is what is meant by being living members. It is our, our duty to be active within the church. God, in His love, has set us apart from the world and has brought us together forever. And, and think about, let's think about that. We are forever together with our fellow brothers and sisters never to be separated. You will never be separated from the person sitting next to you. Now we in love must serve one another. And although each one of us is is given the same spirit, our gifts are not all the same. It is necessary then that we that we use our gifts, the gifts that we have received, for the benefit, for the benefit and well-being of the other sheep. And I'm not sure how how common sheep are in Owen Sound, but perhaps you have watched sheep before in a a pen or pasture. And when they they sense danger, like when a, a wolf is nearby, they tend to group together. They group together in the in the middle of a pen. And they do this for protection, providing safety for one another by sticking close together, each sheep doing what best serves the needs of the next. Our our church then is not a a social club that serves our needs, but rather it is where we must use our gifts. For the benefits and well-being of other members selflessly serving one another in love and let's consider the early church shortly after Pentecost uh, once once they received the gift of the of the Holy Spirit they believed and they had all things in common and we read in Acts chapter 2 that they were, they were selling their possessions and belongings. And they were distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day they were, they were attending the temple together and they were breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with, with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And that the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. The Lord was blessing the early church's devotion, their, their devotion to Him and each other. And this devotion was leading some to being saved. The early Christians used what was gifted to them for the presence of and eternal well-being of Christ's flock. And our gifts must be used for the same purpose. For example, if a member of the flock has wandered away and has begun grazing in another pasture among the goats, those who are gifted spiritually must urge him or her to return to the safety of the flock. The sheep may be tagged. But they, become, they can become quite unwell. Grazing on the, the bad feed in, the, in those pastures. It is our responsibility to, to prevent each other from feeding on, on that poison. And part of that responsibility is praying. It is praying that the wandering sheep may listen to the voice of the of the Good Shepherd, listening to the voice of Jesus Christ, hoping that they may return safely to the flock. Another gift is that of, of hospitality, inviting others into our homes so that they, they may know that they, they belong, they belong to the flock. As we heard this morning, there are times in life that we sense isolation, isolation, abandonment. This morning we, we mentioned, about, uh, mentioned it uh, regarding feeling abandoned from God, but many could feel abandoned from their own community as well. And, and in different, difficult circumstances, the, the sheep may begin to wander. They may begin to wander around looking for someone to hear their bleeding. Listen to them and welcome them into your homes and together as a church, we have, been, we have been blessed with many gifts. Brothers and sisters, do not be selfish with your gifts, but use them readily and cheerfully for the current and everlasting well-being of the other members of the flock. Remember, we as sheep are claimed and united in God's hand together chosen by Him according to His good pleasure. The fruit of this blessing is that we, through the Spirit, by faith, working through love, actively protect one another, like the sheep in the pen, huddling together because of the presence of danger. And sometimes the presence of danger gives us a sense of great insecurity we may think god holds me in his hand but what if i slip through his fingers and brothers and sisters in our third point we will learn once claimed and united by christ forever claimed and united by christ Our third point then, sealed for eternal life. We've said it many times already God holds his sheep in his hand. And later we will sing the the well known hymn that I'm sure many of the children sitting here this afternoon know well Loving Shepherd of thy sheep. And in this hymn, we will sing that none can pluck them from his hand and this echoes this echoes the words of Jesus in John chapter 10 no one will snatch them out of my hand his sheep will remain in his hand forever but we don't always feel this way our sins and shortcomings can often bring about doubt It can even lead us to question our salvation. We may ask, is it really possible? Is it really possible? Is it really possible for me to remain in His hand forever? I have done and said some terrible things in my life. How can I be sure that I'm a member of the flock? Only by His given Spirit can we be sure. His given Spirit assures us that we share, we share in Christ and all His benefits, all His treasures and gifts. Recall what we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. In Him, that is Christ, in Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And let's think again about those privileged moments when we participate in the Lord's Holy Supper Our Lord directs our our hearts to remember and trust in His perfect sacrifice offered on the cross. There he, He poured out His blood and sacrificed His body so that whoever would believe in Him would have eternal life. God's wrath demanded payment. And the good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. We are taught in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that he who knew no sin was made to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. What we have just heard is the gospel of our salvation. And what joy and and comfort it is for us that God's wrath is no longer upon us. Christ made us right before God so that we would no longer stand condemned. And we are not simply declared innocent, but righteous. And this too is God's purpose for His chosen sheep. He chose us in Christ so that we would be holy and blameless before Him. And this word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, is sealed. It is sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is promised to us. And the Lord never breaks His promises. He is faithful. He guarantees everlasting life. Our Lord Jesus Jesus preserves, He preserves His chosen people, His church, by giving His Spirit to them. He preserves us by continually working in our hearts, sanctifying us, making us holy before God. And he remains with us forever, guaranteeing that his work will never cease. He will never cease. He will never stop leading us to a life that seeks repentance of sins. And those who seek repentance can be assured that their sins are forgiven. Notice how personal the answer of question 56 is. I, I believe that God, because of Christ's satisfaction, will no more remember my sins, nor my sinful nature, against which I have to struggle all my life, but will graciously grant me Sinful me, the righteousness of Christ, that I may never come into condemnation. We can be comforted that God will graciously forgive our sins and remember them no more when we ask for forgiveness. So the call is here. Repent. Repent and believe that your sins are forgiven. Believe that that in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Call upon the Lord and confess your sins and be assured that they are forgiven because that is His promise for us who are called into His flock. God promises that in Christ we are made holy And blameless. This ought to cause us to to cling, to cling and follow the good shepherd and praise him for laying down his life. We are so securely in his hand that no one will ever be able to snatch us from him. Once in the sheepfold, forever in the sheepfold by God's grace. Brothers and sisters, as we entered into church this afternoon, we entered into the rich pastures of the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ. He called us each by name to come, and we listened to his call. Along with other sheep, we ate We ate and had our fill in the presence and protection of the Good Shepherd. And we can rejoice that our Lord has claimed us by His Spirit and Word and has led us here for the preservation of everlasting life with Him. This is not a social club or another religious center. This is Christ's church which he paid for with his blood. This is where the Holy Spirit works. There is no other community like her. To him be the glory and honor forever. Amen.